Hey everyone, and welcome to the Uncorked Corner podcast, where we cover the full spread of food and beverage industry topics. My name is Bianca, PR and marketing professional by day and food and wine connoisseur by night. And my name is Nick, an accountant with a passion for barbecue, beer, and whiskey. Today, we're excited to welcome our second guest, Hyde Estate Winery. We sit down with Chris Hyde, who is the president and managing partner of both Hyde Estate and Hyde Vineyards. We will be discussing the history and heritage behind Hyde Estate Winery. Stay tuned to hear about their various offerings, including their wine selection, food pairing tips, and the many ways people can experience Hyde wines across the country. On that note, let's get into the podcast. Welcome. We're so excited today. Uh, we are covering Hyde State. Um, Hyde is in Carnero in California, and I have been to the winery myself and absolutely loved it. Um, we went last April, and it was an incredible time of year for us to go. We had such a great experience, and I was uh, excited. I got to meet Larry and Micah, uh, and it was really a really great time. So we're excited to have you. Um, we just heard that you won an award, so we'd love to learn more about that. Congratulations. Thank um, you. Yeah. Yeah, the grower of the year. <laughs> That's awesome. Exciting. Yeah, we're, we're, we're really excited for Larry. <laughs> what does the grower of the year mean to you? Um, so that's, that's, a, that's a huge recognition here in Napa. Um, obviously, my father's been growing grapes uh, um, here in Carneros for, uh, for many years, uh, actually just over 40 years now. So, um, you know, we've, we've, been, we've been making our wines here for, uh, this is our 10th vintage and uh, just opened the new winery. So we've had a lot of, um, a lot of exciting uh, things going on here. We're making six different wines now uh, at Hyde Estate, Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, Merlot, Syrah, uh, Vignet, and um, a little bit of Sauvignon Blanc now too, so. Nice. Uh, for our listeners, do you want to tell us a little bit about the history, how Larry got the winery started, how that all came to be? Yeah, so, um, you know, my, my father's uh, family's been in California. Our family's been in California for a long time. Um, about 200 years of, of farming history out here. And uh, my father moved up to Napa in the late 60s, early 70s, after he started working at Ridge Vineyards in Santa Cruz. And he had kind of been working uh, in, in a lot of different wine cellars and also as a vineyard manager for uh, many different companies, which have, um, you know, which have been here in Napa for a long time, including uh, Cuvezon, uh, Ridge Vineyards, well, that's in Santa Cruz, but in here in Napa, Cuvezon, Robert Mondavi Winery, uh, Stag's Leap, Joseph Phelps, uh, among others. So um, he definitely got his feet wet here in, in winemaking and, and vineyard planting uh, all across the Napa Valley um, in all the different regions. And, you know, his heart kind of um, settled here in Carneros where it's actually a little bit cooler than everyone everywhere else in Napa 
Uh, we're down here at the southern end of Carneros. We get a lot more coastal influence because it's sort of the, the tail end of the mountain range that, that extends up north. And we get a lot of cool weather. The vineyards settled on a sort of southeast uh, exposure. So it gets morning sun, but uh, a little relief from the, the hard afternoon sun, which gives you the slow ripening that's so important for Chardonnay and Pinot Noir here in Carneros. Um, we also have very shallow soils. Uh, so the vines, you know, uh, struggle a little bit and uh, it adds to the slow ripening and, and what in the end gives you great uh, mineral acid driven um, wines of, of all different sorts. So. Yeah, it's great. The climate that you're in, the soil, I mean, they can really have a big impact on the taste of the wine. What's it like being in such a major area, such a renowned area for winemaking? Uh, is there a lot going on, a lot of events and everything that you guys get to be a part of and things you get to contribute to being out there? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've, we've been able to join in with the local community, uh, especially since we uh, opened the new winery here in Napa. We've, it's given us an opportunity to partake in organizations like the Napa Valley Grape Growers, uh, like the Napa Valley Vintners. Um, you know, I've been involved politically. Uh, I, I'm serving on the local uh, wine, grape, pest, and disease control board. Uh, my father kind of did the same thing. We've, you know, he's always been a, he's always been a member of all the local organizations and, uh, you know, dedicated his time to, to the community. It's a, it's a great community we have here in Napa Valley. Uh, everybody really, you know, collaborates and works together. There's a lot of sharing of information. Um, a lot of, uh, it's, it's a great community. So I'm happy to be a part of it and kind of taking on some of these responsibilities and joining in and, and uh, you know, helping, helping move us forward together. We've, I feel like we've been through so much here in Napa Valley in the past few years, you know, from the earthquake uh, several years ago. And then we had the, the wildfires, obviously, in 2017. And, you know, we've, we've been through a lot, but uh, we, we always pull through. We always pull together. And especially with kind of the tricky economic times right now, you know, it's uh, – it's great to see how everyone, how everyone really pulls together and it's a great community to be a part of. Definitely, and I've, I've definitely been inspired by watching all the wineries um, kind of staying innovative and updated during these times. Uh, what have you been doing to kind of keep up? And I know that I saw a little bit about your uh, private patio parties on Instagram. Oh, yeah. So we'd love to hear a little bit about what you're doing now. Sure. So, um, yep, we've had to, you know, we've had to adapt. We've had to make adjustments. Um, our, our patio is open. Uh, right now it's just outdoor. Um, all, all, all tastings are, are only allowed outdoors. So, um, yeah, so, so we're, we're coming up with some new ideas. Uh, um, so we, we've, uh, you know, we're kind of slowing things down a little bit, but we're still hosting people outside. We have a great little patio. I'm kind of looking out over it right now. Um, we've got several tables. We've got umbrellas, and it's all uh, right here looking over the vineyards. Beautiful view, kind of at Atlas Peak and the whole um, far-off mountain range of Napa. And it's surrounded by um, an espalier prune uh, row of uh, apple trees. Uh, we actually... I've made apple cider in the past. Um, it's, you know, you can grow a lot of things here in Carneros. So it gives you a little bit of a windbreak and um, 
and, and a little bit of afternoon sun uh, and shade, a little mix of both. We also have been hosting people on the crush pad, um, which is also kind of located on the east side of the building. And it overlooks a little pond and vineyards. So, you know, we, we have a pretty nice little setup here. We were able to do tastings at both. Um, we've also kind of looked at a new way of providing the tastings rather than pouring up glasses. Um, kind of like, you know, the beer flights that you see. We, we've created a little system where we pour wine flights and then folks can kind of uh, guide themselves through the tasting. Obviously, we're there to social distance to... Uh, you know, provide a narrative for the wines and, and a little history behind it. So a couple, couple interesting new experiences that we're working on this weekend. That's an interesting way to do it with the flights. Yeah, I'm a big craft beer guy. Bianca knows yeah. that. I'm really into going to the breweries and tasting all the different things they have to offer. So being able to give yeah. people that opportunity still during all this is great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're, we're excited about it. And actually, uh, a good buddy of mine, uh, he's a craftsman and he built us uh, – a little flight um, set up, that's set up on a barrel stave. So you have these little, you know, little spots where the, where the carafes can sit on the stave and you just carry it out. Um, and uh, well, if you've been, you've been to the winery, so you've seen the, the chairs, which the, the bar stools are all built out of barrel staves. The whole ceiling of the tasting room is uh, the inside of Pinot Noir barrels. So uh, it's kind of a barrel theme going on here. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's very unique. Yeah, yeah. Nick so. hasn't been. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. Hopefully We're having we'll fun with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, come on out. Come sit on the patio. Um, hopefully, you know, all this madness gets by us soon. Uh, but until then, the weather's nice, so we're making the best of it. What would you say are some of your top selling wines right now? Um, right now, uh, people are really excited about the Chardonnay, the Viognier, and our, uh, our Pinot Noir. Um, great summer wines. Um, so, yeah, you know, things that drink well on a, on a hot day. We've had a lot of heat. Weather's been kind of all over the place, but uh, definitely had some heat out here this year. So, you know, the, the wines that are drinking cool. Um, Chardonnay is our flagship white you know, very crisp, um, great wine to pair with food, uh, Viognier, a little lighter, more, more floral, more elegant, um, great acid, great minerality. You know, they, they're, they're all beautiful wines. We have a little bit of soft Blanc available as well, um, that people have been enjoying out here, uh, also. So. Are all your wines sort of, uh, in the rotation or do you have any special releases that's coming up or out at the moment? Yeah, so um, yeah, uh, our latest release is going to be the uh, 2017 Chardonnay, and that's going to come out. Um, let's see, in in the fall, so probably September, 2017 Chardonnay. Um, great wine, beautiful, very fresh. Um, it's it's you know had a couple of years to age, which is nice for the 2017. Uh, vintage. Um, other wine we'll be releasing um, probably going to be the hold on I'm, I'm, oh yeah that's right special Pinot uh, we have a reserve Pinot Noir uh, created from one single clone pretty exciting we're going to be releasing that wine for the first time um, 
in, in around harvest time as well. Nice. So Bianca is definitely more of the wine fanatic than me. I enjoy drinking it. I love it. But Bianca knows everything, a whole lot that goes into it. She's taking small A courses and everything. But for me and some other people that are listening that might not be as familiar, can you talk about how the years, the vintages can affect the taste of the various varietals of the wine? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, every, every vintage is different. It, uh, every vintage has its own weather, has its own, uh, you know, a uniqueness to it. So no two vintages are going to be alike. Um, but uh, you can definitely, you can definitely taste the, uh, the site, the terroir. Uh, you can, you know, you know where it's coming from. There's, there's definitely a unique flavor profile for that's coming from uh, the vineyard itself that's coming from, you know, the clones, the selections that we use out in the vineyard. Um, but for example, you know, you have years where uh, there was frost or drought or uh, rainfall during bloom, which would cause a little shatter and change the, the cluster morphology a little bit, uh, the amount of clusters produced. So there's definitely that aspect to it. Um, you know, when other, other issues like heat spikes during harvest or even, you know, having wildfires happen, uh, which in our case, we picked everything before the fires, um, that, that's going to affect it, you know, having different, different weather during uh, the growing season. This year has been a very interesting one. Uh, we're coming off a drought year, um, which means the soils, you know, only got about half the rainfall they normally uh, would. And we also had a lot of frost um, early in the season, which kind of delayed things a little bit. And then uh, we had a little bit of rainfall in the middle of bloom, which caused some of the clusters to shatter a little bit. That's not always a bad thing. It can make for uh, lighter, smaller clusters. Um, can also ramp up things as you get towards harvest. So we're, we're, we're in a year that looks like it could be a little smaller crop than the last couple of years, but also a year that has great potential for uh, quality uh, in, in the ultimate wine that comes out of it. So. Um, for example, you know, that's what we're looking at this year. Uh, the last couple of years, we had ample rainfall. Um, we had a March miracle. Um, we, you know, got a lot of rain. We had a little bit later bud break. Um, and we ended up with larger uh, harvests. I'm really excited personally about the 18 and 19 vintage. Um, and, you know, I mean, I guess, you know, they're like your babies. You're excited about all of them. So um, 17. You go back another year, a little, a little more of a drought year. Um, we had some heat spikes. We uh, had a little bit smaller crop because of the weather during uh, May when we had the flowering. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a cyclical thing, but no two are alike. What factors go into deciding how much you're going to set aside and age and how much, you know, how long you, how do you determine how long you're going to age uh, different quantities of the wine for? Right. So actually we have a, we have a pretty, you know, um, pretty regular uh, winemaking. Um, the winemaking in terms of aging doesn't change much from year to year. Uh, there's other things you might do differently in the cellar, like um, using a certain amount of whole clusters or, you know, how long you uh, extend the maceration. But generally the aging uh, is done 11 months um, in about 20% new French oak for the Chardonnay and the Pinot Noir uh, every year. So it's pretty consistent. Um, the, the aging, we, we, we pull it, we 
basically press the Chardonnay whole cluster, put it in the barrel, ferment it, uh, and that's about it until harvest time. We'll rack it in March and then um, bottle it in July or August. So pretty much the same thing with the Pinot, except for the, the, the skin contact uh, for about a week uh, before it goes into barrel, pressed off the skins. So, you know, again, 11 months um, after racking in March, we will make the final blend. And then, uh, and then that's about it. So Merlot and Syrah will actually go over vintage um, into the following year. Uh, so about 16 months in barrel and, you know, roughly the same amount of new oak uh, shuffled in every year. Um, and then the, the, the lighter white wines, the Vignet and the Sauvignon Blanc, we only age those for about six months in barrel. Of all the wines that you've had, and of course there's been many vintages over time, is there one that you would say has been your favorite? Um, that's been our favorite? Uh, of, of every vintage that we've bottled. Wow, I have to say the 2012 uh, Pinot Noir and Chardonnay were both pretty special. Um, that, that's, a, that's a vintage that's drinking great right now. So, you know, pretty excited about that. Yeah, we actually uh, just opened that Pinot Noir. Uh, I've had that in our fridge for a while and uh, I was so excited when we opened it. It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, wow. I mean, I know you've tried it. Um, it's, it's a wine that, you know, some of these wines are more approachable earlier in life. You know, they're not going to have the longevity. So it's nice to have a wine which has so much robust character at, at a younger age. And then you can open it, you know, several years later and just keeps getting better. And, uh, and our wines are built to last. So that's, that's part of what we're doing. Absolutely. So you have, of course, a lot of different wines. What would you say are the primary tasting notes that you have? Do you have like a, a typical flavor across all of them? Or are they all so unique that they have their own kind of distinct personality? Oh, you know, they, they do have their distinct personality. It depends uh, what you're in the mood for. Merlot is a very special wine for me because, you know, we've been making it for so long. We have some great selections. Um, it's a fun wine to make. Um, our Pinot's, you know, Pinot goes with everything. It's uh, it's a beautiful wine. It's very versatile. Um, yeah, I, it's it's hard for me to say. <laughs> I like them all. I know I'm that's I'm sipping on right now the 2015 Pinot Noir that you guys sent over. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm looking at a bottle of it here myself. <laughs> Delicious stuff. This is the first time I've had your Merlot, and it is a very nice wine. I've had it out um, airing for a little bit, and I think it's, it's definitely different than the Pinot that I've tried. So I'm oh, enjoying yeah. it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so glad. Yeah, Merlot is such a, such a nice, aromatic, uh, uh, beautiful wine. You know, it's, it's, rather than its brother Cabernet, it's, it's a lot more approachable. Um, it's got some, some beautiful flavors and kind of a... Uh, a floral rose petal character to it uh, as well on the nose. So, you know, and, and a little bit of structure on the back end. Great, great wine to, to sip on with food or, or on its own, really. So I noticed on your website, I was checking you guys out earlier, you guys have a wine club. Can you tell us a bit about yeah. those? Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, we do have a wine club. Um, we, we just started uh, about a year and a half ago. And uh, it gives you access to all these wines um, upon release. Also, you know, we've been 
hosting release parties. I think our last one was in March before this all settled. Um, so at this point, um, during the next couple of weeks, the access to tastings at, on the patio is going to be exclusively for wine club members. Um, just because, you know, we, we, uh, we're, um, a little, a little low on staff. I host most of the tastings myself. Um, so we have wine club members coming in, um, you know, most, most days over the next week, uh, people have been booking up in advance. Um, it gives you access to the wines. Uh, you also get wine club pricing and, um, this special, uh, Pinot Noir release that we're going to be doing in September is actually only going to be available to wine club members. So access to the winery, access to some special wines and, uh, and upon release, you get the first crack at, uh, the wine allocations. Nice. Is that just for locals out there? Or is that ship nationwide? You know, we, we actually have wine club members nationwide. So uh, it's, it's available across the country uh, as well. We have two shipments. One is in the fall and one is in the spring. So it makes shipping uh, a lot less of a headache. Uh, we did bring back a summer um, shipment this uh, earlier this year um, just because, you know, locals were were uh, some of the local members were asking for it but that's optional so again just two shipments a year um in the spring and in the fall when we when we do our releases which are typically uh syrah pinot noir and um and the vignette uh in in the springtime uh and then in the fall we do the uh this the the reserve pinot uh the chardonnay and uh, typically the Sauv Blanc as well during, during the fall harvest. Outside uh, of the wine yeah. club, is there other places that people can purchase your wines? Oh yeah, we, uh, we do business with uh, several restaurant accounts, which we're grateful for uh, their continued support during these times. We also have our wine available through small retail shops um, across the country, uh, all across California on the East Coast. Our wines are available uh, in the five state area New York, um, also uh, Massachusetts and um, Connecticut. And then um, we also have our wines available down in Florida now. That's one of our newer markets, um, Santa Fe, uh, Nevada, and California. You guys ship out here to Maine where I live? You're not you in know, Maine yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we ship out to Maine? That's a good question for my wife. <laughs> yes, we do. So, uh, there you that, go. Yes. There we go. Yep. <laughs> yeah, like we're a forgotten state a lot of the time. We have tons and tons of uh, our own local stuff here, but a lot of when yeah. I go looking for things, they're like, ah, oh, no, we don't send it to your state. <laughs> Not enough people here, I guess. Right. We, we make an exception. I'm sure we have, uh, we have some fans out there. So <laughs> we, we do Definitely. ship out here. We, yeah, we cover, we cover most states. I'm glad to say. That's awesome. It's good to know that you're right, right around the corner from us. We can go pick it up anytime. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, easy enough to jump over a border uh, out there sometimes. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, Nick and I are from the New England area. He's in Maine and I'm in Massachusetts. So we, uh, we've always been here and it's good to know when, when brands are out here because not everyone is. So that's really great. Um, yeah. 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 So, Bianca, what are you sipping on for uh, what they send you to taste? <laughs> Nick and I split it up because we're in two different locations. So I have the 2016 Merlot, which is a beautiful wine. I'm excited to pair this later on when I make dinner 
What would you actually recommend pairing this wine with? Oh, the Merlot. Oh, you know, um, it, it could go with uh, all sorts of great things. Um, I always think about meat. I've been doing a lot of barbecue and steak, uh, pork chops. Uh, you know, the, the Merlot could, I mean, I, I, I'll drink it with anything, uh, like I said, but um, it, it could be good with uh, garlic pasta. You know, um, it's, it's a versatile wine. It's a nice, it's not a heavy Merlot. It's not uh, over-oaked. We're, we're, you know, we're going for a, a lighter, more, more, uh, more delicate, more fruit-forward um, style of Merlot that's easy to drink. So those are some, some options right there. Good. Good inspiration for my cooking later on. <laughs> Another <Yeah. laughs> question I had looking at the bottle that I think it would be interesting to ask is, what is the significance of the music notes on the back of your label? Right, the the music notes are actually a trumpet uh, a trumpet tune from a, a a walled city in eastern Poland where my mother uh, was actually born uh, and comes from. So, a little tribute to my mother who's from uh, way out there in eastern Poland. Um, the musical notes, and um, that's that's about it. It's a, it's kind of a, a call um, a trumpet call that they they've played since the twelfth century and and still play out there today. So, just a little special tribute to my mother. That's really cool stuff. I love when people get creative with the bottles and really put time into thinking about the artwork on how they're packaging, you know, stuff that you spend so much time and so much effort putting into making a good product. It's really good that you find a great way to package it. Right. We've spent a, we've spent a lot, a lot, a lot of time uh, and energy on, on our packaging. <laughs> so I appreciate that. <laughs> so I'll piggyback off Bianca's question now too. Looking at a 2015 Pinot Noir that I'm sipping on here, what would you recommend pairing for that? Yep, yep. So the Pinot Noir, um, you know, it, it could go great with a chicken cacciatore. Uh, Pinot Noir is great with pizza. I think that was last uh, that that was a couple of nights ago dinner. Um, Pinot Noir, you know, great with fish, salmon. Um, as well as Chardonnay could go with that too. Uh, you know, I, even even with a steak dinner, I've done uh, especially uh, an older, bolder Pinot could go great with uh, with red meat or or, uh, or you know pork as well. So um, Pinot is good with a lot of things. You could you could go with uh, a mushroom dish, you know, uh, things of that nature. Yeah, we we come from an Italian family. Pizza making's been something that we typically do almost on a weekly basis and pretty much every Friday night, me and my girlfriend make up a pizza or two. So tomorrow night for sure, this will be paired with that. Yes. Love it. In the in pasta. I mean, any red sauce, I'd be over right. here with this Merlot and any pasta dish. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. They're very fruit friendly wines. So we, of course, um, want to leave it open for you to kind of share anything that you feel that we didn't ask about. Is there anything in particular that you would like to highlight, um, upcoming events, wines that are coming out, really anything about the winery that we, we haven't gotten to yet? Yeah, so, um, you know, we, we, uh, we're really excited about this coming harvest. Um, we're going to be releasing, like I mentioned earlier, that, that new reserve Pinot. It's from a one single selection we're going to pick out. Um, just one barrel, favorite barrel. We've been we've been doing all the tasting and blending over the last couple of weeks. Um, so we've we've picked out this year's. We started back in 2018, 
Uh, and uh, we're, we're excited about the release of the Reserve Pinot. It's got a sexy uh, black label. Um, so we've come up with a, with a brand new label design for that. And um, it's only going to be about 25 cases. That's going to be available here from the winery. Um, and then also we've uh, got the 2017 Chardonnay, which is fantastic. We're really excited about the quality of the 2017 vintage. Um, it's definitely packed with freshness. It's going to be great on those uh, hot days. Um, it's also, you know, going to pair great with food. Um, so we're excited about those new, two new releases coming out soon. Um, you know, we've, we've got a, still got a couple of uh, older reserve wines tucked away. Um, a little bit of the 2012 vintage left, which is one we're really excited about, the Pinot Noir. Uh, 2012. Um, it's it's a favorite of my dad's. He also was a huge fan of the Chardonnay from that year. Um, so we're excited to to have a little bit of library wine tucked away for for tastings. We've been offering uh, a little side by side, uh, many verticals upon occasion, which we'll do out here. Um, but otherwise, you know, uh, the 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 winery's still open in a limited way. Um, the wines that we're pouring right now are fantastic. I feel like we're you know, getting better and better every year. We're excited about the potential quality for this year's vintage. Um, we're excited about our new little tasting flight that we're actually going to release here this afternoon. I've got a group coming in about an hour. So uh, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of fun things to be excited about. We're, uh, you know, we're going to get through these these strange times, and and we'll drink our way through it, and we'll come out, you know, hopefully better on the other side. We love it. And before we let you out of here, where can our listeners find you guys online? So you can find us at www.hidewines.com. That's H-Y-D-E, wines.com. Uh, on the internet, we've got a website. You can order the wine off the website. You can check us out. Uh, we're right here in Carneros, uh, southern part of Napa Valley, right off the highway. Um, can't miss it. Um, please give us a shout. Uh, if you haven't had the wines before, um, you can look around for them. Uh, they, they might be in your local retail shop, but they're also available directly from the winery. We've got a list of states uh, on our website where uh, we can get the wine shipped to, or just feel free to give us a call here at the winery and, and uh, we'll work with you on that as well. Perfect. You had a lot of fun talking to you guys tonight. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Yes. Thank you Absolutely. for coming on. Thank you both. Cheers. Be sure to follow us on social at Uncorked Corner and on the blog at uncorkedcorner.com for a taste of more food and beverage content. Thanks for listening.